Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we're talking about laser hair removal. So to start off with, I'm going to play you the recording I made of the first phone call I made to a place that does laser hair removal here in my town. I asked a few questions and you'll hear that I was very awkward because as a millennial, I'm very not good at talking to people over the phone. Yeah, hi. I have some questions about your laser hair removal services. Sure. Uh, so I'm looking to get my uh, entire face lasered off, I guess. I'm just curious uh, uh, how much for uh, uh, a, a bundle, I guess, of getting that done. Like, how long would that take? How many sessions? Sure. I didn't catch which treatment area you said. Where Where were you wanting the laser treatment done? My face. Okay, yeah. So we have medium packages for the lower face. Are you talking uh, or referring to like your beard area? Yes. Okay, yeah. So that's 179 for four treatments. You come in once a month for four months. We um, recommend that you come in at least or you do at least eight treatments. Um, it's just uh, the recommended amount if you do at least eight. But if you do the four and you're satisfied, then that's fine too. Okay, and that's uh, that would be like the entire beard, like from. Yes. Okay. How long uh, does a session typically last? Um, no more than ten or fifteen minutes. Oh wow! It's really uh, quick. When you come in, you need to shave um, two or three days prior to you coming into your appointment. Okay, that was my next question. So, uh, ha- uh, as far as scheduling a session, um, is there anything that I need to do beforehand? Um, just do not, um, you know, go into, there's, there's really nothing that prior to, but after you don't want to get into any saunas or have a lot of heat <laughs> on it or you don't want to shave right before you come in, um, but you can shave two to three days prior to, and you do um, get better results whenever you do that. So basically, you don't want to have your beard, um, you know, the appearance of a beard when you come in. You do want to have it shaved. How 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 painful uh, is is it? There's no pain. These machines now we use gel, and all it does is it gives you the hot stone massage reaction, so it's just a little warm, but it doesn't burn or hurt or anything like that. Wow, okay. All right, well, then uh, can I schedule something? So, yeah, I've had my first session of laser hair removal on my face. I have my second coming up in uh, a little over two weeks. So I'll talk about the effectiveness of that, I guess, a little bit later. Um, 
this is going to be sort of a general beginner's guide to laser hair removal. I guess that's probably what I'm just going to title this episode. But before I say anything else, I just want to say that I'm not an expert. I've just done a lot of Googling. I'm the kind of person who, when I decide I'm going to do something or spend money on something, I spend a multitude of hours doing research, finding the best options, looking into as much information as I can find. So I just wanted to share some of that because I've found that it's kind of difficult to get sort of a comprehensive look at a lot of this information. So you definitely should not take my word as gospel. You should just take it as an invitation to do some more of your own research. And hopefully my perspective will help you feel a little bit more at ease if you're kind of on the fence about starting laser hair removal. So the first question to ask is uh, why laser hair removal in the first place? Well, the obvious answer is a lot of trans people uh, uh, trans women before transition, like myself, have a beard, you know, facial hair in general. Some people are lucky to get on hormones before they hit puberty or right at the time when they hit puberty or early enough that they catch the the beard before it really starts to grow. I am 29 years old, so or I'm 28. I'm almost 29. I'm a few months out. <laughs> I've already, I've already jumped over that fence for myself. But, you know, I'm starting transition at the age of 28, and my beard is... I, I'm a very, like, I'm a hairy person in general. I have a very thick beard. If you look at old pictures of me, you will see uh, lots of beard. If you go to my YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk About Stuff, where I talk about media, hey, cross-media promotion, you will see in a lot of my old videos that I have a pretty thick beard and a curly mustache. Um... It's mostly just because it was easier to let it grow than to deal with it because it's it, hair grows back really fast. And that's something that I'm frustrated with right now, which we'll talk about a bit. But obviously, when you're transitioning, one of the goals, dubious or not, is to pass as a cisgendered woman. And that's always a difficult proposition. And I've talked a lot on this show about how that isn't really a fair or necessary goalpost, but... The unfortunate reality is that for a lot of people, kind of myself included, that is an important element of transitioning is the idea of like being perceived by the general public as a woman. So we'll just kind of take all of that conversation and complexity as read and move on. So obviously, if that's your goal, you want to get rid of the beard. And there are a couple of ways to do this. Laser hair removal is one of them. Another is electrolysis. They're both good options. So electrolysis is very permanent, but it's a time-consuming process, it's very painful and very expensive, but it is one-time only and very permanent. And basically what electrolysis is, is they're inserting an electrode into your hair follicle individually and shocking it to death. So you can imagine that this process takes a lot of time and is not exactly like the most fun. And of course, it is really expensive because you'll have an hour long session that gets maybe a square inch of uh, your face covered. So you have to come back week after week. Takes forever, costs a lot. A lot of people, myself included, prefer to do laser hair removal instead. So what is laser hair removal? Well, it's 
kind of what it says on the tin. They have a little pen that blasts lasers into your fucking face until your hair dies. Now, obviously, it's a little bit more complex than that, but not not that much. (laughs) So the way that laser hair removal works is basically the pigment of your hair absorbs the concentrated light fired by this little pen, and that damages the hair follicle and causes it to have less of an ability to regrow. So the conventional wisdom is that if you have lighter colored hair or darker skin, Laser isn't as effective because it's specifically targeting the pigment in your hair. Now, I want to get to this point a little bit early, which is that a lot of the information about laser hair removal that you will find on the Internet is outdated. And this is something that I've had a hard time jumping over in my own sort of research because some of it's dated, some of it's not. Like, but when I say dated, I mean like the, there's an actual date on the article. So, like, I have in front of me uh, just a basic primer on how laser hair removal works. It's uh, from Fitness Magazine, and a lot of I, I, I just turned to it to get like a general outline of the exact method that that LHR does that causes it to thin hair. And there's a lot of other stuff in this little article that seems very, very wrong uh, based on what I know about things right now. And there's no date on it. So I can't tell you like when this was published to see, like, is this based on recent information? Is this based on old information? It's hard to say. But that's the thing that you're going to have to deal with in researching basically anything about laser hair removal or hair removal methods in general, because a lot of the stuff that I found at first, a lot of the most popular stuff was dated around like 2008 to 2011. And it seems as though the science of laser has improved exponentially. And I have read in various places that there are now uh, machines and types of lasers that are very effective on light colored pigmented hair and on dark skin. So, I am unclear as to how that affects things. Um, I'm a pale skinned white person with very dark hair. So I'm a traditionally perfect candidate for LHR. So the rest of that stuff is more of an interesting anecdote to me rather than an important point to research. So that's something that you'll have to look into for yourself. I recommend that if you have light hair or dark skin, Uh, that you call your local laser place and ask them like what what kind of machine they have what sort of lasers do they have there are different like crystals that that sounds so new agey but it's true they have different they have different things that they refract light through that have different effects but so why laser hair removal as opposed to electrolysis well laser is a lot cheaper a lot faster and It's semi-permanent. And this is another one of those bits of information that is questionable in its accuracy because a lot of the stuff that you'll read will say it's not permanent. It can, the the effects may only last up to like for, for a few months or maybe a few years. But reading the accounts of people who have done laser more recently, it seems as though the conventional wisdom is now that laser is 
far more effective in the long term. And this seems to especially be true for trans people, which we'll get to in a second. But as far as like expense for laser hair removal on your face, so I... In my phone call, there was a little bit of a misunderstanding. They quoted me for 179, but it actually ended up being, I think, like 280. And that's just because they thought that I meant a smaller area than I actually did. Like I want my full face and my lower neck. So it was a little bit more expensive, but that's four sessions wrapped up in that $280. And Four sessions, from what I've seen from progress pictures, seems to be really, really effective. So in general, it's recommended that you do eight-ish sessions, six to eight, month to month, and then you have like one checkup appointment a year or so. But so generally the way that that works is you set up your appointment, you go in, they smear some stuff on your face, like a cooling gel, and they run it over your face and you get your hair lasered and it takes like 10 minutes. And then your next appointment will be a month later because your hair grows in cycles. It doesn't all grow at once. So they have to space it out a lot to make sure it has maximum effectiveness. Cause if you just went in, you know, week to week, you'd just be zapping the same hairs and it just wouldn't have the same effect. And you'd also be like ruining your skin. But so that's the thing is that like 280 bucks for me for getting rid of my beard, which is like the biggest problem for me at the moment in terms of like passing and even just visually seeing myself as a woman that's like, that's a steal. That's an incredible amount of money for that service, like four sessions, which seems to be plenty for most people. Like that's, that's amazing. Now you'll read that there's a lot of like, oh, it's upwards of a thousand dollars for that, that same thing. And it depends on where you go. And this is where it's really important that you shop around. Now, depending on where you live, you may not have that many options. But in my research, it seems to be that the actual practical cost of laser is a lot cheaper than what it's advertised as. So for just getting your face and neck done, like three to four hundred dollars, maybe even less, is kind of what you can expect. And that's that's not a small chunk of change, but compared to the cost of basically anything else involved in the transitioning, it's not too bad. And it seems as though the technology has advanced enough that it is pretty permanent. And I am now about two weeks out from my first session, and I don't know if I'm just losing my mind and like trying to see, but it really seems like my hair is already noticeably thinner in a very specific way, which is pretty exciting. Like it still grows at the same rate and there's not any like really thin patches. My mustache has thinned out substantially, which is really surprising to me because the mustache is generally like the hardest place to hit when you're doing laser, but whatever. Now I will read frequently on like uh, discord servers and on reddits and stuff, people talking about, man, I just dropped, you know, three, four, five, eight thousand $8,000 on this huge package uh, for laser hair removal everywhere. And don't get me wrong. 
I absolutely would love to do that. Like I said, I'm a hairy person. I would just love to get rid of every bit of hair on my body permanently forever. Uh, Maintaining it right now, like shaving everywhere, is really getting to be a fucking chore. However, that expense is, to my mind, like completely unjustifiable. I can see it if you're someone who is like suicidally dysphoric because of your body hair. Okay, that's that's cool. But here's the deal. A lot of these people are doing this before they've started hormones. And that's kind of a key thing. So when it comes to getting laser on your face, it is a good idea to do it before hormones because Hormones cause your skin to get softer, more sensitive, so that means that the laser will hurt more, but it also naturally reduces... So, just generally, your hair is thick and coarse and dark because of androgens. So, when you're taking an anti-androgen, which is part of hormone replacement therapy, you're sort of naturally reducing the, the, the force that is making your hair grow faster and thicker and darker. So laser can be less effective if it's done after you've started hormones. So I haven't started hormones and my plan has always been to like jump on hormones after my third or fourth laser treatment. Um, I'm probably going to have to wait longer than that now because that whole process is expensive and I don't have a ton of money right now, which reminds me, hey, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash LTAS. If you like what I do here and want to help me pay for these expensive fucking intake appointments go there and give me a little bit of money please i would really appreciate it anyway uh so so this is why i don't recommend going that route of like i'm just gonna get my entire body lasered right from the start because there are so 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 many first-hand accounts of people who have really thick body hair worse than i do who within months of starting hormones have already seen a drastic reduction in terms of thickness and color, and within a few years report that it's completely gone. One of the conventional bits of wisdom about hormone replacement therapy is it giveth, but it cannot taketh away. And that just doesn't fucking seem to be true, because I've looked at like progress pictures of people who are like, yeah, here's me before and here's me after. And it's it's really astounding the kinds of effects it can have. Now, that's not true for everybody. It's really hard to get a gauge of like what percentage of people that effect occurs in because there's not a lot of like research done into this sort of thing. So there's no telling why hormone replacement therapy has this effect in some people rather than others. There's also the distinct possibility that some people are saying there's no reduction in hair. I've been on hormones for three weeks and nothing's happened. That's why it's important that you look across the board to multiple sources from multiple people because different people have different levels of patience, different understandings of what's going on. So it's really it's it's really fraught when you're trying to find like a substantial objective truth with all of this. But in a general sense, you can depend on hormones to at least reduce 
the growth of body hair, particularly on your back and on your chest. Now, you'll probably still have to shave. You probably will have to, like, epilate, which is what I'm trying to do. But it will thin out. And my understanding is that epilation actually helps it to helps to speed up that process. So, you know, that pain is sort of worth it. And that's also cheaper than laser by a lot. So in a general sense, like if you're a, a, a freshly hatched trans woman that is looking at the, the, the long process of all of the various procedures that you can expect to do, the general strategy that I feel like is the most reliable is get laser on your face, start hormones three to four sessions in, and then let hormones do their thing. Now, that part is a literal transition period of upwards of three or four years. So don't get me wrong. Thinking about that really bums me out. Because I'm so fucking ready to not have to deal with the hair on my body. Like, I, ugh. it's a, it's a big problem for me. It's a big dysphoric trigger. One of the things is that there are a couple of, like, tank tops that I've found just sort of randomly that are, like, really cool. There's one on Fangamer that's of uh, Moogle surrounded by roses. Uh, it's called Floral Fantasy. And I just, like, I fucking love that design. But when I imagine myself, like, in a, a tank top... There's maybe like a day that I can wear it if I've shaved and maybe two days that I can uh, maybe a week that I can wear it after I've like epilated. And that's if I've epilated everywhere and I can't epilate my fucking back because I can't reach there. So it's it's just like that. It's just frustrating. Like there's there's a lot of different types of clothes that are just completely off the table for me until the hair is sort of like reliably gone and not visible. But that said, I just can't justify that cost and that time investment. Like, if it's possible that hormones will do that naturally, will get rid of the hair naturally, or just reduce it to the point that it's unnoticeable, then that's worth it to me. And I'm not, like, suicidally dysphoric about my body hair. I, I, I think I used to be. I've, I've grown a lot more accepting of it in a general sense. I don't love it, but I, I'm maintaining it. And it's sort of, it's easier to deal with because it's not just this thing that's assaulting me. I understand why I don't like it. And I've got a plan for how to deal with it, that sort of thing. So I, as much as anybody, completely understand the desire to just fucking pull the trigger and get rid of all of it. And man, if you can afford it, if that kind of expenditure is, you know, just absolutely nothing to, to sneeze at for you, then fine, do it, you know, cool. But save your money, you know, save your money. It's, it sucks. It's going to take time, but so does everything else. I mean, that's why you're advised to 
wait until, you know, three to four years in before you consider breast augmentation because the process of developing breasts takes forever. So like it starts, you know, three to four months in and by a year, there's like noticeable breasts and you're like, hooray, I have, I have boobs now, but they're not as big as I want them to be. But you're going through fucking puberty, man. It's going to take a while. Like it, it's, you haven't leveled out for a while. And that's just, kind of the unfortunate part of transitioning in general which it's the awkward phase of like how do i do makeup how do i wear women's clothes how do i go out in public as a woman when i've gone my whole life out in public as a man there's going to be a lot of awkwardness involved there and that's just that's just how it goes that's just part of the process teenage girls do the same thing you know so this is maybe a controversial thing to say i don't I don't know. When it comes to the sort of like rampant dysphoria that a lot of trans people describe, I get it, but I also don't get it. And I don't want to diminish anybody's experience. What you're feeling is valid and it sucks. And I, I get that. And my perspective here may come from the fact that my dysphoria is very specific and I'm old enough now that it doesn't bother me the way that it used to. And I'm I'm better at managing. I, I, there's just a million different psychological and social factors that maybe it's just not as big of a deal for me as it is for other people. So it's a lot easier for me to sort of see other people describe their dysphoria and think like, OK, whatever, maybe you could deal with it better. So I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to like say buck up and deal with it, whatever. But I do want to say that at least a part of that could be coming from an element of denial. And I don't want to say like denial in the sense of, you know, pretending that you're one thing when you're not that thing. But I mean, like your body is your body. And I've been at war with my body for a very long time. I've used that expression throughout this podcast and in other places. But in coming out as trans to myself and realizing that I wanted to transition and going through this process, that war has basically stopped because I now understand why that war occurred in the first place. And I sort of have a sense of the the chiral interaction between my mind and my body, why the two could not quite mesh together, why there was such a disconnect between the two. And so I'm very impatient to start hormones, and it sucks that my timeline has sort of been pushed back because of finances. But I, I don't think that that problem will be solved until I start hormones, and maybe hormones won't solve it. I hope it will. There's a lot of people who describe that psychological sort of oneness that happens after you've been on hormones for a couple of weeks or longer. But even still, just as where I am now, you know, I've started taking care of myself. I'm showering more. I'm shaving more. I'm losing a lot of weight. I am not exercising as much as I should be, but I am going out in public a little bit more with like less uh, awkwardness, less like feeling like a target. And that is to some degree because I have accepted the physical limitations of my body as they stand. And I have a plan for how to deal with that. And I'm working on adjusting it. And like that to me has given me 
a renewed sense of purpose and sort of reversed like the the suicidal ideation that has characterized the vast majority of my adult life where now I have something to look forward to and it's so much better that I have this goal that isn't just wow it sure would be nice it's like the process of attaining this goal will help me become a better person and that's what I want I've I've always wanted to try to be a better person but nothing ever did that for me and so just the thought that that's what's at the end of the line that has helped me so much in dealing with the way that you know it's unfair that my body is the way that it is and of course I wish I'd just been born the right gender but this is the world in which I live and I've tortured myself enough already at least now I have a roadmap there's no telling how effective it's going to be in the long term, but at least I know what's going on with me and I have a plan for dealing with it. I've said that like six times already, but I, that's what I want to hammer home is that I 100% get like this feeling of dysphoria and hating your body and hating how you look compared to how you wish you looked. And I, again, I don't want to discount that as, as a, as a very powerful subjective and completely rational justified emotion. But I also feel like there comes a point at which you're just torturing yourself and there has to be a way for you to come to peace with your with your body as it stands because you know all of the different kinds of procedures that can happen like genital reassignment surgery facial feminization surgery uh, liposuction any any kinds of like uh, breast augmentation surgery any sort of cosmetic thing uh, eventually there will be diminishing returns and there's only so much that you're going to be able to do. And I feel like there's an element of kind of feeding into traditional patriarchal images of women where you're holding up in front of yourself this sort of idealized image of what a woman should be and every way in which you fail to measure up to that image is a dysphoric trigger. And uh, yeah, again, 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 I, I, I get that. But is it not better to embrace yourself and all of your flaws as the woman that you are? Because you can't point at something and say, that's what a woman is. Again, like that's sort of the, the debate about passing as a cisgendered woman and why that's so complicated, because... You know, it is you can have that academic debate as much as you want, but it doesn't change the fact that like the vast majority of people will think you're a freak if you don't look, you know, like you fall on one end or the other, which sucks. But I do feel like it's changing and it's never going to change if we always, always acquiesce to that sort of societal demand, which is also not to say that it's your responsibility to you know, kick down the doors of the patriarchy and say, I am here and I'm a woman and you can't tell me what the definition of a woman is, you know, do what will make you happy. But it's worth considering the degree to which you are just torturing yourself needlessly. And that's that's all that's all that I want to say about that. So bringing it back 
two laser hair removal. That's sort of why I think that it's better to wait three or four years after you've started hormone replacement therapy to then go in and start laser or uh, electrolysis in other places. And that seems to be like the, a pretty common strategy where you you wait, you know, you do your face because hormone replacement therapy doesn't really affect the face that much, but it does affect everywhere else, more or less. So you go three to four years. And then at that point, whatever remains, that's when you do electrolysis because it's much cheaper if it's like there's just this weird patch of hair right here that just won't go away. You know, that's one session. That's not pro- that's probably not too expensive. So that's sort of the, the strategy, you know, and you want to be strategic if you're like me and, and uh, you're a broke college student drowning in debt, you know, trying to make a living being a YouTube person making podcasts about fucking gender you know it behooves you to be strategic with your money and your investment and you know again it sucks but that's 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 the world in which we live and you have to be pragmatic about these things at some point so what does laser actually feel like so it's described pretty often as you know flicking a rubber band on your face it's it's a really quick prick essentially and then it's over. Um, it's not like painful. So I've gone through it now once. And here's one thing that I'll say. The advice they give you is to shave uh, two or three days before you have your appointment and let it grow from there. So I did that. I shaved Monday morning and I let it grow so that Wednesday afternoonish was when I had my appointment. And the person who was doing my laser felt like my hair was a little bit too long. And I told her, you know, I followed the advice, you know, I I shaved two days beforehand. And she's like, oh, well, I guess you're okay then. But I get the feeling that that particular bit of preparatory advice is aimed at cisgender women because hair growth in women is, I found conflicting uh, sources on this. It might just be that in, in trans women, hair growth is shorter, but it, it does seem in a general sense that hair grows slower, body hair grows slower on women than it does on cisgendered men. So I feel like that advice is tailored to people who have generally thinner, less coarse hair than cisgender men or assigned male at birth people. So Next time I go in, I'm going to shave the day before. Now, I don't want to say that that's what you should do because only you know your growth rate. But uh, I'm going to play here in a minute uh, some some audio that I recorded during my laser session. And you'll hear the, uh, my person saying a lot of people think that you need to have Longer hair, you know, the longer the better, but it actually needs to get to the root. So shorter is better. There's like a middle ground there that's, I guess, where you want to be. My recommendation is to talk to the people at your local clinic. Um, Oh, another cost thing that I forgot to bring up. Some places have discounts for trans people because insurance does not cover laser hair removal as a medical procedure that's necessary for a transition, which is bullshit. And that's something that needs to change because it's absolutely necessary. However, 
there are some, I've heard that there are some laser hair removal places or salons or whatever that do have discounts for trans people. So you should ask about that. The place that I went to did not have such a, such a discount, but it was also a lot, it was pretty cheap, you know? So keep that in mind. As always, knowledge is your friend. Questions are important. So if you're like me and you have a hard time speaking to people that you don't know very well, write them down, sit down and come up with a bunch of questions that you have about, you know, the, the, the cost, the process, all of this stuff, write down those questions and bring that paper in with you. They might think you're a little bit weird for like staring at your paper and taking notes while they're answering your questions, but fuck it, man, you're a paying customer. But so for me, the uh, because my hair was, I guess, a little bit longer than it needed to be. It was I don't want to say painful, but it was distinctly uncomfortable, particularly the sides of my chin and under my chin. Like I said, the common descriptor of how laser feels is, you know, a rubber band plucking your skin. I, I guess that's a good way to describe it. I would describe it. <laughs> As if the hair in your uh, skin was made laser oven hot for a fraction of a fraction of a second and then went back to room temperature. That's what it feels like. That, that's maybe not a useful like description of how it felt, but that's what it felt like to me because that's what it literally was. Because it wasn't like, you know, a, a, a snap of a rubber band on your skin. It was sort of like this subcutaneous kind of, I don't know, like like a burst of energy under your skin. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like, oh, the hair just got really hot for a second and then stopped. So it wasn't that bad. Basically, she put a pair of goggles over my eyes that are just like these thick sort of things that just cover your eyes. Uh, Didn't have to put them on too tight. And then she slathered my face up with this gel. I didn't see what color it was, but the idea for it was that it's it cools the skin and it acts as a medium for the laser to travel through. Because if you just blasted the light on your bare skin, it would be very it would damage your skin in a big way. So it reduces the heat on your skin it makes it a lot more comfortable. It was the, the when she was going over my chin, it was pretty uncomfortable. I again don't want to say it was like really painful. It was just it was it was awkward. It was strange. It was it, it kind of hurt, but it was again like it was so fast that like by the time your brain like reacts to the feeling of the pain, it's already gone. So it's it's kind of an awkward feeling. It's it, I, you almost don't know how to react to it. So it it did reach a point where I was like clenching my fists and my toes and sort of like bracing against whenever she was doing my chin area, but it still wasn't that bad. You know, now she told me that, you know, my face was starting to get a little bit red. I looked in the mirror afterwards and it didn't look that bad. So there are some progress pictures that I've seen like after uh your first and second and third whatever laser session where you know their skin is all puffy and they've got sort of like and and flared up like hair follicles I didn't have that within an hour I looked like I did before I went in my face felt weird 
something was definitely different. It was like my hair was numb or the area around my hair was numb. It's kind of hard to describe. But she also put aloe vera on my face, so that might have helped a fair amount. So after that, uh, I didn't. I shaved the next day. There's kind of conflicting advice on what to do after your first session. I just felt like it was probably safer to wait to shave. So I shaved the next day, and I took a shower, and one of the good bits of advice is to exfoliate. But so after, I think, four or five days, you know, after showering and exfoliating my face, sort of scrubbing it with a washcloth with some um, exfoliating body sh- shampoo, I uh, I did start to notice it looking different. And again, it's like, I don't know if I'm losing my mind, if I'm just like desperate to see a difference, but it does seem like there's a little bit of a difference. And also from looking at progress pictures from the first to the second to the third laser appointment, it it really seems like the first three don't have a huge visible effect. But there's a lot that I've seen where it's like you go from the third to the fourth treatment and suddenly it's like it's all gone. So that's the other thing to keep in mind is that you should not expect immediate results. Like I was sort of underwhelmed when I got out of like out of the place and looked in the mirror and was like, I just look the same, man. So it's, again, another one of those things where you got to be patient. You got to let it do its thing. Uh, The other thing is don't pluck your fucking hair. Don't do it. If you pluck your hair, you know, it takes forever to regrow. Laser works by zapping the follicle. So if you've plucked your hair, laser won't be effective on those hairs and then they'll grow back and you'll be really frustrated. And you don't want to pluck between sessions. Just just let it go. And trust me, I have a hard time with this because I am very fidgety and I sort of absentmindedly pluck hair all the time, especially in my mustache area, which might be why my mustache is thinner and I'm really worried that that's the deal. But it's been long enough that it should have grown. I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. But yeah, that's kind of the basic overview of laser from my perspective. You know, it was fine. It was a really short session. Everybody was really friendly. It was it was good. I I uh, uh, you'll hear in in the audio that I kind of outed myself to the 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 person doing my procedure, and and she was really cool about it. So you know, mileage may vary there too. Maybe don't out yourself to a stranger, but whatever. It worked out great in my my case, so it was fine. So anyway, here's some. Um, some audio from when my session was going on. It's very loud. I actually haven't listened to it yet, so it's very possible that it's just completely unusable, in which case you won't hear anything. And uh, then we'll just go right into this next bit that should hopefully be really short. So here you go. Like. I uh, I shaved Monday morning. Did you? Okay, so that's been a couple of days. Yeah. Two to three. I mean, they say two to three. Okay. Um, but you want it, like less hair is better, like visible visibility. Have you? Do when you shave, is it just 
It's it ever clear? No, not really. It's, Got to. It's still here. Yeah. Okay. So we're working on um, just not really the lower face, but this is where you want to focus everything, right? Where I can see hair visibly. Uh, yeah, I would also, like... Yeah, definitely. Area. Yeah. Yeah, I got you on that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. You can lean back. Okay. And so, if you shave them one day, you did good, so you're fine there. Okay. What we do is we put, um, the gel on. And I'm going to start you off at a 10 for your skin type. Okay. That's pretty much it. <laughs> like, it, there's no, like, burning or okay. nothing crazy going to go on. It's just really simple, quick. But with you, um, I'm trying to think how we can do that. <laughs> you have to have your goggles. Um, but I'm from the neck up. I'm just trying to make sure that I get everything covered. So, full face. Yeah. So I'm going to start from the top and then go downwards. Okay. And I'm going to split it like this. I'm going to do a treatment on this side and then I'm going to go to that side. Okay. Yeah, you can put your goggles on. But it gets it's going to get messy. That's fine. And the gel is cold. Sure. So what made you want to do it? Uh, uh, lots of reasons. Friends? <laughs> you know anyone that's done it before? Uh, I guess so. Um, I'm, um, uh, uh, well, I'm transgender. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. I'm on that. It's basically one of this. Gotcha. So you're trying to get rid of this hair. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> it's going to get messy, so I'm going to make sure you um, get um, some paper towels mm -hmm. um, when we're done, and you can clean your nose and stuff. <laughs> and let me know when it gets warm. Okay. Um, it shouldn't get warm though because this is a low setting to get, you know, for starters. And then we'll work our way up once you start coming back. But this is your first trial. <laughs> right. A little warm? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh -huh. Not too, I um, mean, it's tolerable, right? Yeah. Good. A little prick there? Yeah. Yeah, you feel that. With the hair visible like this, you really want to try your best before you come in to get no hair okay. visible, okay? So, okay. You don't want hair. It's, it's a reverse people think that we want to laser hair off like they have that idea of laser hair removal sure. like that but um, to get to the dermis you have to um, you, you want to shave okay. as much as possible I see you're a little red but that's okay as long as you're not um, hurting or anything It is okay, and because you have hair, it's going to be warmer. Yeah. So I'm trying my best to to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna put some aloe vera on you, so you should be fine. It should go away within an hour or so. 
Are you taking any hormones or anything? Not yet. Okay. Just waiting to get a little bit into this first. Okay. You're feeling it? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Doing good. I may need to go down to an eight on you. Hmm? I may need to go down on you. Bear with me. Only because you're, I feel the flinching. A little bit, you know, of discomfort. I see that. And um, 10 is usually like where we start with your skin type. Mm -hmm. But this should feel a lot better. Does that feel better? Yeah. It should be like a kind of like a heat to it, like a, yeah. a warm massage. It shouldn't be any discomfort. Yeah. You smell a little bit of the burning, right? Well, well, well yeah. So, I want to get more coverage and I can do more as long as you're not um, doing anything. Yeah, I'm fine. Good, good. Yeah. It's really just going like plucking. Plucking, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So it's not that And it's your first time, so I, you know, I want to be gentle. <laughs> I wanted to you to get your full treatment, but eight to a ten is not that big of a difference. I'm gonna go up back to ten, okay? Okay. I just wanted to get some comfortability, <laughs> <laughs> and um, then you'll be good. But I do want you to have a good treatment. So you can see the difference. Yeah. There we go. That's literally all it takes. <laughs> Alright. Not too bad, right? No. Alright. And I'm going to clean you up and put some aloe vera on you. Okay. I know it's all over your shirt. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, it's fine. I got some in your ear. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. But as far as um, the overall effect, you're good, right? Yeah. Good, good. First time, good deal. Not too bad. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It used to be um, the machines they had before they, this gel. It, it would break. Yeah. You know, boom, 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 boom. Well, that's not like that anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, that's what I read. Uh, this is a great machine. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. I always push the wrong button first. Well, I always uh, start to open the door. Um, After you hear the noise, you yeah. push the wrong button and it doesn't help. <laughs> um, so it was like... Uh, I mean, the room looked kind of just like a, like the rest of the place. Like it was, you know, a big mirror, kind of a floral thing going on. Um, the machine is just like this sort of like, if you imagine an, uh, a stove like cut in half, like that was about the size of it, the stove in my, my kitchen. Okay. Um, so she just put like, she, she had me put goggles on and then just put a, bunch of gel on my face and then uh, ran 
a sort of pen over my face. I didn't see it because my eyes were covered. But it was... Um, Does this thing feel weird? Y- well, yeah. I mean, it was it was highly concentrated light shot into my hair. So uh, it was... It wasn't that bad. It was sort of like... Uh, it got it got really kind of painful in places, uh, particularly like my chin area, um, and so she had told me, like, "Yeah, you want to shave two to three days beforehand." And then she saw my face today. And she's like, "Probably should have shaved this morning." <laughs> uh, I think that that advice is based on. Um, women whose growth rates are a lot slower right so immediately before like a day before that. yeah that yeah that's i kind of figured but i didn't want to uh risk it yeah uh, part of me wondering if i can do it at home just laser <laughs> well they do sell like homemade laser shooters for for hair removal but my understanding is they don't work very well well you have infinite access so <laughs> But they also don't sell them with, um... The gel. Well, no, but, like, with the that level of laser technology. Because that's, like, licensed and enough to, to physically hurt and or kill somebody. Um, Class A laser. Yeah. I got that on my PlayStation. So, just a couple of quick little life updates before I get to my shilling of my various social media garbage points. I said in the last episode that I started epilation, and I alluded to that a little bit this episode, but um, I depilated my legs and I was sort of keeping up with that. And uh, last night when I went to bed, my, my legs really started itching and I realized that all of the hair was sort of like growing back again and I was having a really hard time breaking through the skin it was it was really frustrating and like I, I I couldn't wear pants like it was irritating my hair a lot so this morning I basically like I shaved my legs and it seems to be pretty fine now so I have some theories about this I am a recluse most of my body has not seen the light of day probably since 2002. So I've got some pretty ghostly skin besides on my arms and my neck. I epilated both my arms and my legs and my arms are fine. I don't have the issue on them that I do on my legs. I have been a little bit demoralized by how fast the hair grows back even when you've ripped it out. It's still like four or five days before like you already start seeing it you know, there and it's within a week that it's poking out again. Uh, my expectations there were probably not great. I didn't have the uh, the bravery to epilate my chest and like belly, but I did pluck that whole area over the course of like two or three days, which was really nice. And then, you know, after that I shaved and that feeling of smoothness was unlike anything I've ever felt. And it was really nice and affirming. And, you know, it didn't last as long as I wanted it to. And now it's all sort of grown back and and it's 
more uncomfortable in a weird way. I think because the skin is no longer used to having the hair there, I don't really know. So that's kind of an unfortunate downside to epilation when you have like really thick, coarse hair, which, you know, I didn't know about. And that's that kind of sucks. And so I'm kind of waffling on whether I want to keep that up anywhere other than my arms. Uh, But the whole point of like tan skin versus pale skin is I think that might have something to do with why the hair on my arms is fine, but the hair on my legs is not. I think the skin is just like qualitatively worse and not as healthy and has a harder time dealing with shit. I don't know. I, that's just, that's just a guess, a shot in the dark. It's just based on an arbitrary thing that I noticed that like the areas where I'm pale, have a harder time growing back than the places where I'm a little bit tan. It's really feeding into my impatience to start hormone replacement therapy because I know that that will slow this process down a lot over time and uh, even if it even if it isn't that effective and I'm one of the unlucky ones that it doesn't really help that much it's still like at least I'll at least I won't just be waiting you know I'll be doing it and then it's like okay it didn't work now to do the other thing you know so I'm impatient to start, and if things had gone the way that I wanted them to, I probably would be starting hormones like within the next couple of weeks. That's how like impatient I've gotten. But instead, I'm probably going to have to wait until August, which really, really sucks. But such is life, unless somebody wants to give me money. The other really quick uh, life update is that uh, I finally got pants that fit me from the internet the third time was the charm in this case and my size is a lot smaller than i was expecting and i'm wondering if waist measurements on women are somehow different than they are for men even though they're still rated in inches and like i've measured in the same place and i have my all of my pants my my men's pants that fit really well have 40 inch waist and I got a 40 inch waist on a bunch of like women's pants and they were like circus tents, way too big for me. And so in terms of like sheer size, I've gone down to an 18. So these two pants, these two pairs of pants that I have, these jeans, uh, they're both size 18 and they're sort of skinny jeans and they hug your legs. And I really, really like that. It's great. It's a great feeling. Uh, but they're still a little bit too big. Like I could probably comfortably go down to 16 at this point. So that's surprising to me. It's maybe not surprising to people out there who are more familiar with women's sizes, whatever. So that's the experimentation of figuring out clothing. Uh, The other fun thing about those, though, is that their pockets are laughably, laughably small. Like the, the, the front pockets are like they're basically coin purses. They're, you know, they're like an inch deep. That is something that's weird to deal with because my pockets like that's part of my ritual of like that's where my wallet and keys go so i'm having to figure out a way to like deal with that what's really funny to me is like the back pockets the butt pockets they're just normal ass pockets and to me i've never understood the butt pocket who the fuck wants to sit on a bunch of shit they've stuck in their back pockets I see people who have their, like, giant-ass wallets that they've stuck in their ass pockets, and they're sitting down, and they're like, yep, this is fine, this is comfy, and they're just, like, sticking out, it's like, I could just pluck that out of your back pocket and steal it, and you wouldn't even know! I don't understand back pockets, I don't, I don't get it, like, 
it just feels like you're putting a bunch of like glass shards in a place that's really sensitive and you're like, yeah, I'm going to sit down. Oh no, I've got, I've got an ass full of glass. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? Anyway, that's going to be it for the Trans Questioning Podcast this week. I want to say uh, the podcast is going to a bi-weekly schedule, so it's going to be every other week as opposed to every week. I'm doing this because, in part, I don't have as much to talk about, strictly speaking, as regards to transition as I did when I was first starting. I'm trying to figure out like things that I can talk about, and there's there's plenty to mine, but it's 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 taking me some time to sort of suss out. But the other thing is, I'm in school. I've got a lot of shit that I'm working on. Um, right now, for my YouTube channel, I am like neck deep in this gigantic five-part Twin Peaks deep dive, which I'm in the process of making a trailer for right now. And again, you can find that on YouTube at the user Let's Talk About Stuff. I actually think my uh, my URL would be youtube.com slash C slash Let's Talk About Stuff, all one word, no apostrophe. I have so much other shit on my plate right now that... The podcast, unfortunately, is sort of taking a back seat, especially with like, you know, I've started Laser and I won't be able to start Hormones for a while. So uh, unfortunately, the, the transition process is kind of stalled for me, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll update you infrequently. Episodes might get shorter. We'll just see how it goes. You know, I also it would be great if I could do more interviews. I've reached out to a couple of different people, but uh, nobody's really gotten back to me. I have a friend that has offered to come on the show and I just need to set up a time with them and I keep forgetting. But um, if you would like to come on the show and talk about any aspect of your gender, your transition, what have you, if you want to record audio of you talking about whatever, or you just want to write a message to me that's just, you know, anonymously talking about some element of your transition or your gender or whatever, you can email that to me at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com, all one word, just like the title of the show, basically. If you want me to read a transcript of something that you wrote, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, nonfiction, it can be some kind of art I don't know, man. I'm open to whatever. Uh, if you want to just record audio of you talking about something tangentially related to your gender transition issues, send them to me at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions that you want me to like research and answer, any any kind of questions, whatever, email me, transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. I said it three times. It's also in the description of the episode. It's all there. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at HMS No Fun. My Twitter for the podcast is at TransQ Podcast. Both of those, uh, the, the, the podcast Twitter will be good for getting updates about the show. Uh, I'm trying to use it a little bit more frequently, but HMS No Fun is where you will see a lot more of me because that's where I am all of the time. So if you want to hear me blather on about nonsense, that's where you should go. Support me on Patreon if you like what I do here, patreon.com slash LTAS. And again, the link is in the description. If you don't have money at all, please promote the show wherever you can. Rate and review it on iTunes and Stitcher and Google 
wherever you get your podcasts, because it really does help. I know every other podcast always, always says that crap, and it really annoys me, but it's true, and you gotta, I gotta you know, I gotta fall in line and, and, you know, tell you what I want you to do as my audience. So, there you go, there's that. Otherwise, the cover art for the show is by Emily Bumgarner. The music uh, that you heard at the beginning and end of the show is by Insane in the Rain Music. Again, links are in the description. I hope that this podcast was informative to you, and if I got anything wrong, uh, I guess tell me, send me an email, man, transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. There it is, fourth time. You can't tell me I didn't tell you. So there you go. I'm yelling at my audience now. See you next time. (laughs) 